Parents, we are excited to share that Lingo Kids podcasts are now available on Story Button, the stylish audio player for kids, where they can listen to our podcasts and more without having to use a parent's phone or tablet. Connect the player to Wi-Fi and stream all of our newest episodes and listen to your other favorite kid podcasts. Use the code LINGOKIDS to save $10 off your purchase at storybutton.com. Visit their website to learn more. Hi, it's me, Cowie. And me, Elliot. And me, Lisa. Do you like books? I love listening to a good book. Me too. Let's listen to it together. Today is the perfect day for it. Why? Because it's Children's Book Day. Yay! Yay! That's why we invited three children's book authors to read books to us. Adrian is from Australia. Hi, Adrian. Hi, Lingo Kids listeners. Sherry is from the United States. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Lingo Kid listeners. Precious is from Great Britain. Welcome. Hi, Lingo Kids listeners. You will hear short and long novels. And if you have to pause, you can always come back to it. We hope you'll enjoy it. Let's start with you, Precious. Tell us about your book. Hi. My name is Maya Precious Akwabiaka, and I am the author of There's Rice at Home. Well, Elliot, my book is about two kids who go to the market with their mummy, and on their way home, they try to convince her to buy food, even though there's rice at home. The reason why my book is special is because that everyone can relate to it. Adults, kids, and people from all over the world. And because it's in 14 different African and Caribbean languages. So let me read it to you. One day, Dami and Shay went to the market with their mommy to buy food for the house. As they were walking home, they saw an ice cream van. Mommy, Shay called, I want to eat ice cream. Shay, mommy answered, there's rice at home. Soon after, Dami saw a burger van. Mommy, can you please give us money to buy burgers and chips? Dami asked. Do you have burger and chips money? Mummy replied. There's rice at home. Not long after this, Shayi saw a man selling sweets. Mummy, can we have money to buy sweets, please? Shayi pleaded. Haven't I told you already that there's rice at home? Mummy replied, sounding a little cross. When they arrived home, they found Daddy cooking in the kitchen. Hello, my lovely wife and children, Daddy greeted. Dinner's almost ready. Go and wash your hands, he said. When Dami and Shay sat down for dinner, they were so excited to see a tub of ice cream on the dinner table. But when they opened the container, they found stew instead of ice cream. This made Dami and Shay very cross, but it made Mummy and Daddy laugh. <laughs> After dinner, Dami and Shayi went to watch telly in the living room. To their surprise, Mummy and Daddy came in with a big bowl of puff puff and a big tub of ice cream. This made Dami and Shayi very happy, 
The whole family watched telly together until it was time for bed. The end. That was beautiful. Thank you, Precious. Now, let's take a break and listen to Cowie's favorite song, T-Rex. After the song, we will be back. He's a huge dinosaur and a known carnivore. He can scare anything with a mighty big roar. But he's got two tiny arms. Cowie's T-Rex has two tiny arms. Cowie's T-Rex won't do any harm. Can't even scrub his back when he takes a bubble bath. Cowie's T-Rex has two tiny arms. Cowie's T-Rex has two tiny arms. Cowie's T-Rex won't do any of America, where we meet Shari. Hi, Lingo Kid listeners. My name is Shari Smith, and I wrote the picture book, The Piano. You can get it wherever books are sold. Do you know why it's a picture book? Because it combines words and pictures on every page. My daughter, Elle, illustrated the book, which means we worked together to decide what kind of picture she should make to match the words. Like on one page, the words are the music wrapped around her like a huge hug. And Elle made a picture of the piano with arms that wrapped around Katie. The piano is a wonderful instrument with 88 keys that can play any style. There's blues, jazz, rock, classical, and more. How many of you play the piano? Do you take piano lessons? Well, I wrote this story because my piano is one of my best friends. It's always there when I'm happy, sad, or anything in between. In this story, hear how young Katie meets her piano for the first time and how they become fast friends. The story is told from the perspective of the piano, who is excited to meet Katie. And when Katie grows up and moves away, the piano wonders what to do without her. Ready to take a journey and hear what happens? Let's go. It's my first day in a new house, the piano thought. A young girl climbed onto the bench. I'm Katie, she whispered. 
Katie breathed in and pressed the key middle C. The piano breathed out a single sound and thought, I'm home. The next day, Miss Soul, the piano teacher, bustled into the room with a bounty of music books. Katie's heart went zoom. The piano thought, we're going to get along just fine. Miss Soul taught Katie to play songs that were soft and sweet. And ones with bouncy beats. Katie promised to practice every day. She got better and better and better. From her fingers, magnificent music fell. This kid is amazing, the piano thought. The room erupted with delicious sounds that soared, sank, and swam around. When Katie felt happy, she hammered on the keys. The music popped and flew like fireworks. When Katie felt sad, her fingers delicately danced across the keys. The music wrapped around her like a huge hug. The years rolled by. One morning, Katie rolled her suitcases out the front door. Where is she going, the piano wondered. Everything in the house was the same, except Katie wasn't there. The piano felt sadder every day, and sadder, and sadder. Until one day, two strangers covered the piano with piles of blankets. Stop that! What's going on? The piano thought. They rolled the piano onto a truck. The piano sat silently for a long time. The truck swayed this way and that. The piano wondered where it was going. Finally, the truck stopped. The piano was rolled out of the truck and into somewhere new. You're here, said a familiar voice. Katie, the piano thought. Katie excitedly peeled the blankets away and plopped onto the bench. Her fingers danced across the keys with elegance and ease. The music rose, roared, and rippled through the room. The next day, Katie bustled into the room. Her arms brimmed with a bounty of music books. A young boy followed her in. The piano realized Katie had become a piano teacher. A young boy climbed onto the bench and whispered, I'm Jeremy. Jeremy breathed in and pressed the key, middle C. The piano breathed out a single sound and thought, I'm home. Sherry, now I want to learn how to play piano. I'm ready for another song.
Goat Tiger. Here comes my friend the tiger. We are best friends forever. His roar is mighty as thunder. Scares away the danger. His fur is orange like the sunset. His long black stripes all over it. His teeth shine bright like the moonlight. When he's about to take a big bite. Hey, tiger. What, Cowie? Are you ready? Ready for what? Ready for a new year! Here comes my friend the tiger We are best friends forever His roar is mighty as thunder Scares away the danger He has four big paws And gives the greatest hugs His claws are very long He sharpens them to keep them strong The jungle is his home Let's protect it as our own We gotta take care of Tiger Because together we shine brighter Here comes my friend Let's travel all the way to Australia! The next book is a long novel. Remember, you can pause and come back whenever you want. Over to you, Adrian. I am Adrian Plitzkopf. That's my name. I'm a writer. I'm a radio host as well. And I do podcasts, but mainly I do write stories for children, children like you. Why did you write a story about a barking bird? Pirate, the barking kookaburra? A friend of mine had a magpie as a pet, and the magpie is an Australian bird, and they're quite smart birds. They can actually talk if they want to, but his one, because he grew up with the dog, actually was barking. So whenever the dog barked, the magpie barked as well. <laughs> That's funny. And that gave me the idea that could be a good story. What does it mean, a bird barking instead of laughing like the kookaburra does? Because the kookaburra is a laughing bird. So this particular kookaburra couldn't laugh, but could bark. And then I thought that could actually change his life. Pirate, the kookaburra actually does go on an adventure and him being able to bark rather than laugh helps him a lot.
just passed over the little farmhouse. You could still hear a faint thunder rolling up the valley of Tantraboo. The rain had dumped lots of water onto the backyard with its tiny vegetable patch and dozens of flower pots. The vegetables and the flowers, weighed down by heavy water drops, looked sad, as if they were crying. But soon they would suck in the water, stand up straight again and look more beautiful than ever before. Not so the little bird standing between the lettuce and the carrots. It was soaked, its feathers pointing away from its shivering body like crooked needles. What the bloomin' tail is it, mate? Buddha asked. Buddha was the cat who knew almost everything. He knew instantly what kind of baby bird it was he was looking at, but he pretended not to know because he wanted to tease the dogs. The dogs would not know the answer. Buddha knew that. In his opinion, dogs knew nothing, and they definitely were stupid. I don't know, Hoover answered. Hoover was the neighbour's dog. But it looks like lunch to me. He quickly added and leapt forward, his mouth wide open. Just before his fat paws would crush the little bird, Ajax unexpectedly made a dart for the bird, picked it up and threw it into the air. It's a great toy. Ajax was the other neighbour's dog. He wagged his tail, swayed his bottom back and forth, ready to jump and catching the bird mid-air. Ajax was not aware of Steltzer sneaking up on him from behind. Steltzer was the dog who belonged to the farm, like Buddha the cat. She placed her big paw on Ajax's tail as he jumped. Ouch! He yelped and fell flat onto his snout. It is not lunch and it is not a toy, Steltzer said with her deep and firm voice. With a splish-splash, the soaked bird landed on her snout. It's a baby bird, she now said as softly as she could. Buddha rolled his eyes. It's a kookaburra, mate. They are birds you only find here in Australia and also in New Guinea. They eat fish, frogs, lizards and snakes. Yuck, Ajax said, shaking his head. Yum, Hoover said, licking his lips. Buddha started to yawn. He seemed to be bored with lecturing the dogs about Australian bird life. But looking closer, you could see that he enjoyed it. Yeah, mate. It is a bloody kookaburra. It's a baby, Steltzer said again, her eyes crisscrossing, trying to focus on the kookaburra sitting on her snout. Steltzer was a very tall dog. Her legs were longer than the longest stilts, and because she was a Doberman dog of German origin, her name was Stelzer, the German word for stilts. She actually was not as stupid as Buddha liked to portray her. She was an old dog, and her life had taught her a lot of valuable lessons. She was smart and wise. She knew what was bad for her, and she knew what was good for others. She had a big heart for all creatures of the world. Do you have a name? Pirate, the kookaburra peeped, his eyes wandering from Hoover to Ajax and back to Buddha. Don't worry about them, pirate. They're my friends. 
They won't do you any harm. Ajax just loves to play. Hoover is always hungry and just eats anything that has flavour. But by now, they know that you are neither a toy nor a sandwich, don't they? Ajax and Hoover nodded. And Buddha, well, not interested in birds. He's too busy telling us dogs how stupid we are. Am I right? Buddha did not even look up. He rolled his eyes and yawned once more. I am Pirate. Pirate said again, now more proudly. And you look like one too. Ajax and Hoover said at the same time. Pirate indeed did look like a pirate. All around his left eye, in a perfect circle, grew black feathers. At either end, there was a thick line of black that went all around his head. It looked as if he wore a black eye patch, like real pirates do. But I'm sure he's not as naughty as real pirates are. After all, he's still a baby. He can't fly yet. I'm not a baby. I'm the most dreaded pirate in the world. All of the creatures in the bush fear me. Watch out for me or I'll come and give you hiding until you beg for your life and I can fly. He flapped his soaked wings, splashing the water into Steltz's eyes. She instantly closed them and bit her tongue so she would not growl. Ajax, Hoover and Buddha burst out laughing. Steltzer hates water, Ajax shouted. That's your first shower for years. It was about time, Hoover screamed. Why are your ears so big? Pirate asked and jumped onto the top of Steltzer's head. They're her bed. She uses the left ear as her mattress and the right one as a blanket. No, they're her wings. Watch out, she'll fly away any minute. She might give you flying lessons. Pirate was jumping up and down on Steltzer's head. You are funny. You make me laugh. Kookaburra's laughter sounds different to me, mate. Their laughing call is raucous and crazy. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. right. When kookaburras laugh, it sounds like a bunch of monkeys having fun. Why don't you laugh like a real kookaburra, mate? Pirate went quiet all of a sudden. He stopped jumping, his wings now hanging down from his tiny body as if they had become too heavy to ever spread again. I don't know. Where is your home? Steltzer asked, her eyes rolling, trying to catch a glimpse of Pirate sitting on top of her head. I don't know. How did you get here without flying? I... I don't know.
In the evening, after Ajax and Hoover had gone back to their own homes, and Buddha was on the rooftop watching the stars, Stelza lay down on her couch out on the veranda. Pirate quickly curled up between her long legs and fell asleep in an instant. His feathers were now fluffy and shiny, his stomach full, because, everybody insisted, Buddha had agreed to share his dinner with Pirate. Kookaburras don't eat dog food. They eat fish. It was you who said that. The dogs had lectured him. Pirate loved it. He sunk his strong beak into the mushy, fishy bits and swallowed them as if there was no tomorrow. Earlier in the evening, Stelzer had wondered where Pirate could sleep tonight. Maybe she would lift him up onto the lowest branch of the gum tree in the backyard. But she quickly dismissed the idea. What if a feral cat sneaked up on him and grabbed him? She thought about scratching some leaves together to build a nest under the house. But what if a snake sneaked up on him and bit him? Pirate had to sleep on the couch between her legs. Stelzer did not take her eyes off him. At one stage, she tried to hum a song she heard once on her master's radio. She thought that would comfort Pirate. But Buddha was yelling down from the rooftop. Hey, mate, your howling gives me the shivers. You try to scare us all to death. So she stopped humming and instead licked Pirate's feathers clean, gently and carefully. How is he doing? All of a sudden, Hoover asked. Oh, holy bone, you gave me a fright. And what are you doing here so late at night? I couldn't sleep, so I asked myself, why don't you wander up here and see how Pirate is doing? He's doing fine. He's asleep. Poor thing. Hoover sighed and rested his snout on the couch, very close to Pirate. You're not trying to snatch him away from me, are you? No, no, no. I'm not eating my friends. Friends are for life. You have to treat them with love and care. <laughs> That's something I have never heard coming out of your brain before. <laughs> Who told you that? I did, mate! Buddha yelled from the rooftop. Well, Pirate is indeed a poor thing. It must be hard for him not to be with his parents. Perhaps he doesn't have any. Where he comes from, there are no such things as parents. What a lot of awful! Where do you think he comes from? From outer space. It was Ajax's voice. Oh, holy bone. Holy lunch. You, you gave, gave us, us a such fright. a fright. I couldn't sleep, so I asked myself, why don't you wander up here and see how Pirate's doing? Said Ajax and jumped onto the couch. Hey, listen, I have the proof that Pirate is from outer space. Do you remember the thunderstorm this afternoon? Do you remember the lightning? Well, that wasn't lightning. It definitely was not. I mean, it was kind of a lightning... But in fact, it was the engine of a UFO. It sends out a bright light as a disguise, so you can't see that it's a UFO. UFO! There aren't any UFOs! 
Yes, there are. Mate, it is scientifically not proven. And who knows better than me that they do not exist? I have been watching the night sky all my life and have not seen a single one so far. Will you guys shut up? Your stupid argument will wake up Pirate. Well, he definitely fell out of the sky. He's right. And we only first saw him after the lightning. Maybe it was a sorcerer or a wizard who brought him here. He performed magic with his wand. They have sort of a flashing light, haven't they? Maybe Pirate was originally a flower. Or a rock. Or a worm. Oh, you dogs are so stupid. It makes my claws cringe. There are no UFOs and there are no sorcerers. Oh, yeah? Mr Know-it-all? Do you have a better explanation why he's here? Not yet, mate. I'm still thinking about one. That little bird didn't come from a different planet. No, he comes from the furthest star away, from the edge of the universe. Hang on. Since he's a pirate, he must have arrived on a huge pirate ship. A schooner, that would be. A pirate ship is called a schooner. It was the pirate's favourite ship in the Caribbean. A schooner. Oh, enough of your lecture. Let's stop right there. We will find out where Pirate comes from and we will take him back there. But right now, he needs to sleep. He's still a baby. The next day, long before the first sunbeams hit the couch on the veranda, Pirate woke up. He did not open his eyes yet. He felt the warmth and the softness of Steltz's legs around his body and snuggled up to them one last time. He felt so comfortable that a deep sigh came out of his beak from deep down in his belly. Finally, he jumped up like a spring and hopped onto Steltz's forehead. Wake up! Let's play! Steltzer did not hear him. She was still snoring. Pirate looked around. What he saw seemed strange, but at the same time very familiar to him. The backyard with its tiny vegetable patch and dozens of flower pots. The gum tree in the far corner. The veranda with its sun-bleached timber decking. The couch with its ripped cover and Steltzer. Somehow, Pirate felt a bit strange about himself too. He couldn't really say what it was that made him feel safe being around Steltzer. She definitely was not a kookaburra or any other bird. However, her ears were as big as grown-up kookaburra wings. Pirate could not imagine that Steltzer would ever manage to fly with them. They were too fluffy. He took a good grip with his claws on Steltzer's forehead and leaned forward. He stretched his neck as far as he could 
and grabbed the tip of Steltz's ears with his beak. He lifted it up. It was very hard work. The ear was heavy and Pirate had to step backwards, at the same time making sure he did not fall off. It cost him a lot of effort and he surely was losing strength. Soon his beak could not hold on to it any longer and he let go. Steltz's ear slipped back like a wet towel falling off a rack and landed over her eyes with a slap. That looked too funny. It made Pirate laugh, but all that came out of his throat was a weird and squeaking sound. Compared to Pirate's beak, Steltz's mouth was an odd shape and texture. Pirate's beak was pointy, hard and strong. Steltz's mouth was round and the skin as soft as the feathers under a bird's wing. How did she catch a worm with that? Pirate asked himself, pulling her lips. Both claws pushing firmly against Steltz's snout, he used all his strength and stretched the gummy lip almost over his head. There was this hollow smack, like the sound of a popping cork, as the lip flipped back and Pirate fell backwards, landing on his bottom. Ouch! Steltzer opened her eyes. What happened? Did you hurt yourself? She pulled her tongue over Pirate's chest, licking away some dust stuck between the feathers. Pirate thought it was a funny game and surrendered himself to the tickling of the tongue. He squealed and shrieked and thought this was sheer bliss. Steltzer's tongue made its way up to his head. Pirate, still on his back, and his legs helplessly kicking the air, stared at the huge tongue hovering above his face. It was as wet as a dripping face cloth. No! He yelled. But it was too late. The tongue landed on his face with a smack like a whale's splash into the ocean. It buried him under its warm and spongy flesh. Pirate held his breath. Yuck, yuck! He choked as the tongue slid over his beak and eyes, leaving a soaking trail of dog spit. Having a morning bath, mate? Buddha said, amused as he placed himself on the couch's armrest. Babies are all the same. They don't like to be washed. I'm not a baby anymore. I'm the most dreaded pirate in the world. Ajax jumped onto the veranda. He was panting. I did it. I've won. I'm first again. Oh, great. Absolutely fantastic. Nobody beats me. I am the fastest dog in Tantraboo. Good morning, everybody. Shortly after, Hoover jumped onto the veranda. Rather, he dragged himself up. His tongue was hanging out of his mouth and nearly touching the ground. I nearly won by the skin of my teeth, but at least I came second. That's pretty good. Good morning, everybody. How can anyone be so brainless? Said Buddha, rolling his eyes. Speaking of brain, I thought last night about our strange fellow pirate. The fact that he does not know where his home is and how he got here 
means that he is suffering amnesia. Um... um what? what? Amnesia. Amnesia. Is that the name of the UFO he travelled with? It is the name of the planet he comes from. Buddha threw his front legs over his head. Amnesia is the medical term for loss of memory. Pirate can't remember a thing. It's like he has an empty wall in his head. Someone or something has taken off the pictures. They're gone. He's lost them all. I haven't lost anything. I've never had anything anyway. Buddha pointed at him. See what I mean? How can he lose his memory? Probably got a hefty knock on his head, mate. Or had a bad adventure he prefers not to remember. Did you? Pirate shrugged his wings. Let's go and search for your memory. Us dogs are champions in sniffing things out. Great idea. Let's start in the backyard. It might still be there. Buddha raised his voice. You could hear that he now was on the brink of losing it. Hold your breath, you... Dogs! A memory is not a thing hiding under a rock. His memory got lost in his brain, mate. He has to find it himself. As a matter of fact, it is a brilliant idea to search for Pirate's memory. We will take him on a walk through Tantrabu. Any tree or rock or creek will come across, he might recognise it and it may trigger his memory. Step by step, he will remember where he came from. Their walk took them to the many secret places in the valley of Tantrabu. At the western end, they came across the hollow gum tree. A fire had gone through the area many years ago. The tree withstood the flames, but its core burnt out completely. Now it was hollow. A gap led inside the tree, where it offered enough room for three dogs and a cat. We call it the cave, Stelzer said to Pirate. Do you recognise it? A cave? There must be treasure in there. Hoover looked at him in surprise. There is no treasure in there. There certainly is. Every cave has a treasure. Let's go on a treasure hunt. He disappeared through the gap. Oh, he doesn't recognise it. He obviously didn't come through here when he got lost. I didn't know there was a treasure in there. I wonder what kind of treasure it could be. A big fat bone for sure, said Ajax, wagging his tail. Hoover pricked his ears. Saliva was dribbling out of his mouth. Let's go and find it. Both squeezed themselves through the gap, 
disappearing too into the cave. Wait for me. Steltzer called and rushed through the gap as well. Buddha stayed back. He shook his head. Bloomin' dogs. They hear bone and instantly lose their mind. Inside the cave it was dark. Pirate couldn't see much, but he clearly heard the dogs sniffing around. Pirates of Ast, find the treasure. That's an order. Aye, aye, Captain, said Hoover, bumping into Ajax. Get your nose away from my bottom. I can't smell a bone. I don't think there's one in here. I found it. I found the treasure. Yo-ho-ho. The dogs chuckled as they saw the crooked twig pirate had picked up from the dusty ground. It's a sword. It's made of gold and silver. Wow. It's the most beautiful sword I've ever seen. Oh, it must have belonged to a king once. Now it's mine. Pirates of Ast, look over there. It's Captain Crook from the ghost ship. He's attacking us. He's after the sword. Everybody, take their weapons. Fight for your life. The dogs had given up their hopes of finding a bone. Steltzer danced on her hind legs, wrestling one of Captain Crook's bloodthirsty buccaneers. Ajax bit them in the legs and made them fall over. Hoover had picked up a stick himself and swung it around, hitting the buccaneers' heads. Take this, take that, and this, and that. Pirate was the bravest. He fought Captain Crook, piercing the gold and silver sword straight into his heart. But Captain Crook did not cringe. He still stood on his legs with a dirty smirk on his face. He's not dying. He is pirates of ghosts. They are invincible. Ah, the darkness is their protector. Ajax suggested it would be best to lure them outside. The sunlight will kill them. Follow me, said Pirate. He was just about to jump through the gap when all of a sudden a hollow voice from above shouted. Everybody froze. What was that? A ghost? I can't smell anybody. It's impossible to smell ghosts. They don't reek because they're dead. Everybody was now screaming. Pirate dropped his twig and hid between Steltzer's legs. Hoover pushed himself under Steltzer, trying to hide too. And Ajax jumped on top of Hoover, at the same time squeezing himself under Steltzer's belly. Only Steltzer had no one she could hide under. She was shaking with fear. He's a real ghost. What do we do now? Someone has to give him back the sword. Not me. Just give me the blue sword, mate. <laughs> Hang on. 
I think I know that, Chuckle. It's Buddha! <laughs> he played a trick on us. Buddha was rolling on the ground with laughter as Pirate and the dogs came out of the tree. Pirate hopped onto his belly, shrieking and peeping. I was so scared. That was so funny. I had the best time in my life, mate. After everybody else had a good belly laugh, Steltzer suggested walking on to the next secret place. After all, they were on a mission. They wanted to find out where Pirate came from. Pirate grabbed the stick. He did not want to leave it behind. It was his treasure. And so they marched on. At the northern end of Tantrabu, they reached the boulder. It was gigantic and had a face. Two horizontal crevices across the top marked the eyebrows. Its hollow eyes below were made out of two dents. Right in the middle of the face sat a big, fat bulge. That was the nose. The mouth was a circular hole. We call it the Whistler, Steltzer said to Pirate. Do you recognise it? Is that Treasure Island? Yes, it is, Hoover said, all excited. He knew that Pirate would come up with another pirate adventure. I do remember now. I did once hide a bone under it, but I never found it again. That's what Treasure Island is for. For hiding your treasure so nobody can find it again. Let's hide my sword. Pirates, that's an order. Aye, aye, Captain. Ajax and Hoover said, and followed Pirate, who had started running around the boulder. All of a sudden he stopped. Ajax managed to stop just in time, but Hoover had not paid attention and bumped into Ajax. Get your nose away from my bottom. Shush, avast. There is a big ship landing on the other side of the island. It's a schooner full of pirates. A bunch of greedy pirates jumped off the ship, shouting and swearing. They look very scary. Hoover was scratching his head. What are you talking about? They're not pirates. It's Buddha and Steltzer. Shush! Of course they're pirates. They're from Bloodcrust Island. Look at them, how bloodthirsty they are. If they find us, they'll slit our throats. You're right. They do look really scary. They are after my sword. We'll surprise them. We'll attack them from two sides. Ajax and I go that way. Hoover, you go that way. Aye, aye, Captain. That'll be great fun. But watch the crocodiles. Crocodiles? Treasure Island is teeming with big, fat crocodiles. And lions, and tigers, and dragons, and monsters. 
Hoover hesitated for a moment, but then puffed up his chest. No problem. I can handle them. Let's go. Pirate Ajax and Hoover were crawling around the boulder, trying not to make any noise. Pirate watched out for the wild animals, carefully checking out every corner, gap and crevice in the boulder. He felt safe with his sword of gold and silver and was not afraid of the battle with the greedy pirates. Hoover, however, on the other side of the boulder, tried hard not to burst into laughter. He was too excited by the thought of charging from behind the boulder, roaring like a lion and giving Buddha and Stelzer the biggest fright of their lives. Still, he carefully watched his surroundings. You never knew if there really was a dragon or a monster hiding somewhere. Attack! Pirate shouted, and on command, the three rushed forward, screaming, yelling, Hoover again chuckling. But Buddha and Stelzer were not where they were supposed to be. The spot where they had just been standing was now deserted. They were gone. They had vanished. Where are they? Where are they gone? That very moment, Buddha and Stelzer suddenly popped up from behind the boulder. Attack! They yelled and charged Pirate, Ajax and Hoover. All three got a big fright and ran away like headless chooks. Eventually, after they realised what was going on, everyone chased everyone around the boulder. There was heaps of screaming and giggling and laughing. Pirate had great fun. Hoover snatched his stick. Pirate snatched it back. Buddha tickled him. Pirate poked his leg. Ajax nudged him with his paw. Pirate nipped his tail. Steltzer smacked him with her dripping wet tongue. Pirate jumped onto her nose. On and on it went until everybody dropped onto the grass, out of breath and exhausted. What about my sword? Pirate asked. We still need to hide it. Ajax had a funny idea. He shoved the stick into the boulder's circular mouth. Now the whistler was not whistling anymore. It looked as if he was sucking a noodle. Everybody was rolling on the ground laughing, except Pirate. He was shrieking. Their walk finally ended at the third and last secret place. It was the gorge in the eastern corner of Tantraboo. One side was a steep bank. The other side was like a cliff. Tall gum trees stood squeezed in between the huge rocks. Along the bottom of the gorge ran a creek. In one spot, 
It had banked up against a rock and formed a big pond. Its water was crystal clear, deep and icy cold. Perfect for a dip on a hot summer's day. We call it the pool, Steltzer said to Pirate. Do you recognise it? Hoover jumped right into the water with a big splash. What's he doing? He's swimming. Like a pirate ship. It's my ship, my schooner. I want to hop on. Hoover swam back to the bank for Pirate to jump onto his back. Pirate was now in command. He was dreaded Captain Baby Bird, ruling over the gang of pirates on his ship. He told the quartermaster to look out for the other ships they could attack. The sailing master pulled up the sails to catch the wind, despite the still air down here in the gorge. The gunner quickly aimed the cannon at everything that moved. Ajax jumped into the water. Avast! Avast! There is the sea monster, the giant octopus. It's going to eat us. Let's get away from here. Aye aye, Captain, Hoover said, accidentally swallowing water. He snorted and coughed while Pirate was urging him to go faster. It's hungry like a bear. It wants us for breakfast. Ajax liked the idea of being a giant octopus. He gave everything to be a very scary one. He raised his front legs, pretending to swing around his giant tentacles. Their countless suction cups hovered over Pirate and Hoover, threatening to latch onto them and suck them dry. Ajax took a mouthful of water and spouted it in a big fat jet directly at Pirate. The octopus is spitting black ink at us. Faster, Hoover. Go faster. The force of the jet nearly swept Pirate off Hoover's back. He clung to Hoover's ear, burying his claws deep into the skin. Ouch! We've been hit. We're going under! Pirate yelped and screeched. He was terrified of getting eaten by the giant octopus. Well, he knew that Ajax was only pretending. He actually was not keen to get wet. He was a bit scared of falling into the water. After all, he was a bird that could not swim. I'm not a giant octopus anymore, Ajax eventually said. I'm now a pirate too. Captain Crook from Bloodcrust Island. Friend or foe? Friend. Let's have a pirate party! Yo-ho-ho! Whilst Pirate, Ajax and Hoover went back onto safe ground, Steltzer and Buddha were watching them from under a tree. They had a serious talk. My idea of showing him all these places is not working. He cannot remember a thing. He truly lost his memory, mate. Well, I guess we'll never know where he comes from. It might not be for good, mate. Sometimes memories do come back after a while. Oh, how? Well, it either just comes back by itself, 
Or Pirate gets another whack on his head and then it comes back. No! We can't do that. We can't hit him. We can't do him harm. It's not what I'm saying, mate. Do you remember the thunderstorm yesterday? Maybe his loss of memory has something to do with that. It might have freaked him out. Oh, I see. With the next thunderstorm, he could possibly recall what had happened to him. Exactly, mate. Yes, but it could be a long time until there's another thunderstorm. We might get one soon. I can already feel it in my joints. (sighs) You are quite fond of Pirate, aren't you? Oh, he loves us and he needs us. I'm not so sure about that myself, mate. Oh, he adores you, Buddha. Since you gave him half of your dinner, he only thinks the best of you. What about you? Do you like him? It's strange for a cat like me to say, but... Yeah, sort of, mate. Steltzer was right. Pirate did love them all. He loved Steltzer because she had been like a mother to him. Or rather, like a grandmother. Or both. As Steltzer said, Pirate did adore Buddha because he gave him beautiful fish for dinner last night. He was a bit of a weird chap, though. Pirate didn't always understand what he was on about when he spoke in complicated phrases. Pirate loved Ajax and Hoover both the same. Both were silly in their way. They had one thing in common, and that was their love for fun. Life was a game, a funny game, and Pirate was eager to play with them. At a pirate's party, a pirate needs to drink, said Pirate. He and Ajax and Hoover pretended to sit around a barrel full of rum. It was a treasure they had plundered from a ship that happened to pass by just then. They constantly filled their glasses with the golden liquid and drank it bottoms up. Pretty soon they felt quite tipsy, which made them laugh about every silly word they spoke. Luckily, the barrel never got empty, and so they continued to guzzle down one glass after the other until they were totally drunk or smashed like a real hard partying pirate. Yo ho ho! Ajax and Hoover ended up howling, hugging each other, swaying back and forth and wagging their tails. Why do you wag your tails? Because we're happy and we want everybody to know. I'm happy too. I can wag my tail too. He bent over, stretched his neck, lifted his bottom and wiggled his tail feathers. How about that one? Said Hoover, standing next to a pile of wombat dung. Can you do that too? He threw himself on his side, rubbing his neck in the green sausage-shaped droppings. After two or three good rubbings, he plonked himself on his back and rolled in it like a snorting pig. Yum! It smells fantastic! Yo-ho-ho! Dogs will always be dogs, 
said Buddha to Stelzer, and shook his head. They both still sat under the tree and watched. Being a fussy cat, you don't understand. Still, pirates shouldn't copy the dog's behaviour. Rather, he should learn to fly. After all, he is a bird. Well, whatever he learns now, mate, will one day be for his own benefit. (laughs) What, a kookaburra smelling of wombat poo? Where is the benefit in that? If I could roar like a lion, I would be the most respected cat in Tantraboo. Think about that, mate. Hmm, I suppose you're right. Hey, try this, Ajax said, standing next to a fence pole. He lifted his left hind leg and, as male dogs do, squirted a quick and short stream of pee against the fence pole. Wow, said Pirate. He was truly astonished. That's amazing. He rushed to the fence pole and he too lifted his left leg. He closed his eyes and held his breath. But nothing happened. Push harder, Hoover shouted from his flattened bed of wombat dung. As Pirate was flexing all the muscles in his body and a groaning sound was coming out of his beak, he slowly tipped over to one side and as stiff as a stuffed one-legged flamingo, he crashed onto the ground. Ouch! Ajax roared with laughter. Drunk as a skunk. Like a real pirate. Yo-ho-ho! Pirate sat on his bottom, covered in dust from top to toe, looking like a sugar-powdered cake. He looked around, puzzled, but then raised one wing and shouted, Yo-ho-ho! woke up with the fishy flavour from last night's dinner still in his mouth. What a feast it had been. Whole bits of fish as soft as butter, peppered with crumbly and crunchy bones, swimming in honey-coloured jelly. Yum! He hoped there would still be some left. He jumped off the couch and walked through the cat flap into the laundry where the food bowl was. He was disappointed to see that it was empty but there were lumps of dry food scattered about the floor. Pirate picked one up and threw his head back to swallow it. The piece slid down his throat, but it was too big. He quickly spat it out before it clogged up his windpipe. He had a better idea. He was going to soak it in water, in the tiny pond in the vegetable garden, between the zucchini and the parsley. Once it had softened up, It would go down his throat like a tender and slimy piece of fresh worm. He stared into the water, waiting for the lump of dry food to swell. All of a sudden, he saw the reflection of a face on the water's surface. Its pitch-black eyes gazing at him. We haven't met yet, have we? 
a very soft voice said. Pirate looked up and found himself face to face with a snake. My name is Tiger. I live in the paddock under a rock. And you are? The big black eyes glared at Pirate, luring him into a bottomless hole. Pirate wanted to say his name, but couldn't open his beak. He was paralysed, could not move a single muscle. Not because of fear or shock, it was the snake's magic look that rendered him motionless, standing stiffly like a carrot stuck in the frozen grounds of the South Pole. Tiger's skin shone like silk, with a regular pattern of grey stripes, similar to a tiger's coat. It's not a problem. There's no need to say your name. I guess I already know it. It's Pirate, isn't it? Her head remained in the same spot as her long and smooth body slid without a sound around Pirate. It encircled him laid itself in a ring around him, then again in a second wider one, and eventually in a third ring. Pirate was trapped, but he was not aware of it. Tiger's head came closer, and her eyes grew bigger. Rumour has it, you fell out of the sky. She said, her head starting to sway. So you must be a very special The softness of her voice was numbing Pirate's mind. There was no thought left in his head. He joined in with the sway. With every gentle move, a yearning to jump into the bottomless holes that gazed at him grew bigger and bigger. He just wanted to be in there, dwindling down forever. Well, being a special bird, you shouldn't waste your time in this tiny backyard, especially not in the company of these filthy dogs. For a split second, she peered at the veranda where Steltzer was still asleep on the couch. Having made sure that nobody was watching, Tiger circled her head in a smooth and fast motion all around Pirate's head. Pirate's eyes followed until he became dizzy. His head dropped, his mind went black. He could not see or hear anything, as if he was asleep. You are a good boy, Tiger said, slowly pulling her head back. Now I will take you to a better place. With the power of an unleashed slingshot, she darted towards Pirate. She opened her mouth, hissing and exposing the pointy teeth in the upper jaw, ready to pierce Pirate's throat. But she stopped short midway as all of a sudden the laughter of kookaburras filled the air. Tiger looked up, pulling her head in. Bugger, she whispered and carefully unwound herself. At the same time, as if someone had poked him, Pirate woke up. 
thoughts poured back into his head. He watched the snake withdrawing and hiding behind the parsley. Yeah, let's play hide and seek, he shouted, believing he had found a playmate. Tiger hissed at him. Shut your beak, will you? She peered anxiously at the kookaburras now sitting in the gum tree in the far corner of the backyard. They don't need to know that I am here, so be quiet. But shush, not so loud for snake's sake. Are you scared of them? Pirate whispered, joining Tiger behind the parsley. There he saw how worried she was. Her eyes were full of fear as she carefully watched the kookaburras in the tree. Slowly and steadily, her long body slid backwards, as if trying to find a better spot to hide. Don't go away, stay with me. I'll ask them if they want to play with us. Don't you dare. Well then come back some other time. Oh, I will, when the time is right. Tiger said and slid away without a sound, making her way back into the high grass where she lived. Weird, Pirate said. What a weird animal she is, but funny. He looked up at the tree where about a dozen young kookaburras were laughing their heads off. In an opposite branch sat another bird, a magpie. He was very annoyed with the kid kookaburras. What are you mongrels laughing about? He shouted. About you! One of the kookaburras said, Your fly is open. The magpie looked down. He quickly crossed his legs and covered them with his wings. Whoops! Had his head not been covered in feathers, you would have seen him blushing. Didn't you know birds don't wear pants? One kookaburra asked. That's why you've got no fly! Another one said. The kid kookaburras burst into tremendous laughter. It was loud and wild. Wilder than the funniest monkey party on Madagascar. The magpie was embarrassed about falling for the joke they had played on him. He spread his wings and flew off as fast as he could. Hey, your shoelaces are undone too! One kookaburra yelled after him. They all rolled on their backs, held their bellies and laughed and laughed. Pirate was beside himself. This was the funniest thing he had ever seen in his life, but there was not much laughter coming out of his beak. It was a rather skimpy little peep. Did you hear that? One kookaburra asked. Yeah, what was that? Everybody else wondered. It was strange. Not normal. Creepy. Like my grandmother snore. No. Look, it's that bird there on the ground. The kookaburras swooped down on Pirate, fluttering and hopping all around him. What kind of bird are you? A kookaburra, like you. You look different to us, said the smallest kookaburra, pointing at the black patch on Pirate's eye. I'm a pirate. A parrot? No, a pirate. A real one? I'm the most dreaded pirate in the world. All the creatures in the bush fear me. Watch out for me or... Real pirates have a wooden leg. Where is yours? Real pirates have a hook. Have you lost yours? And real pirates have a pirate ship too. Where is yours? 
Has it gone under? I don't think you're a pirate. No, you're a parrot going to a fancy dress ball with a girl. Yuck! <laughs> Their laughter pierced Pirate's ears, and somehow his heart too. It hurt. A strange feeling crept up his throat and made him want to cry. You are funny. The joke you played on the magpie was really funny. Funny? The big kookaburra ridiculed him. He stopped fluttering and stood right in front of Pirate. If it was so funny, why didn't you laugh? I did. I did not hear it. Same here. Did anyone? Everyone shook their head. Prove to us that you can laugh. Pirate fell silent. Tears filled his eyes, and he looked down, feeling ashamed. Tell him a joke. Yes. Tell him the chicken joke. That'll make him laugh. It's the best joke ever. The big kookaburra said to Pirate, as if he was voicing a threat. Here we go. Listen. Why was the chicken afraid of the chicken? I'm not sure. Because he was chicken. A huge and unbearable silence filled the air. All eyes were now glued on Pirate. Everyone was waiting for him to burst into laughter. Pirate was confused. He thought of the joke as a really funny one, but he was scared to laugh. Yet he knew he had to. He raised his face, took a deep breath, and opened his beak, ready to do the greatest laugh the Valley of Tantraboo had ever heard. But all that came out was a wimpy yowl. Yow! Yow! Again, a huge and unbearable silence filled the air, until the big kookaburra said, "He's weird." Strange, another one added. Not normal. He's a freak. The big kookaburra gave Pirate a push. The smallest kookaburra had, at the same time, ducked behind Pirate's legs. Pirate fell over him backwards and landed on his bottom. Let's get out of here before he makes us sick with his germs. The big kookaburra said. On command, the kookaburras jumped off one after the other and flapped away. The smallest one, being the tail of the flock, turned his head and yelled back, "Stupid parrot!" Stelza woke up and found Pirate curled up hard against her chest, his head buried deep under his wings. Her instinct told her that something was bugging Pirate. What's wrong? I don't want to play today. Pirate mumbled from under his wings. He feared bumping into the kid kookaburras a second time. They would only tease him again, laugh at him, and push him over. He felt a strange tingling deep inside his chest. 
Did it make him sad? Or did it make him angry? Pirate could not tell. He didn't know. Actually, he knew nothing whatsoever. That is what he thought. All he saw in his mind was the boulder the dogs called the Whistler. But it was not at the northern end of Tantraboo. It stood right in front of him, in his path, and it was much bigger, gigantic. There was no way to walk around it. Did you have a bad dream? I wish I had. Well, that's good. When bad things happen in your dreams, you can't change them. But you can when they happen in real life. Pirate lifted his head. Is that so? Yes, it is, mate. Buddha jumped onto the couch. It is possible to change things in your life. If you can't do it yourself, mate, you can always ask your friends to give you a hand. Or rather a paw. So... Why don't you tell us what happened this morning? Pirate told them everything about his encounter with the kid kookaburras. When he came to the part where the kookaburras pushed him over, a tear was running down his cheek. He had to tell the story all over again as Ajax dropped in. He too wanted to know what happened. Pirate crawled out from under Steltz's chest and hopped onto her leg. This time, as he spoke of having been pushed over, there were no tears. He only had watery eyes. Once he had finished his story, Ajax said, What a bunch of bullies. Finally, Hoover joined the group. Pirate had to tell the same story again, a third time. He hopped onto the couch's armrest and told Hoover how the kookaburras teased him, laughed at him and pushed him over. But this time, his eyes stayed dry. Once he had finished his story, Hoover said, What a bunch of bullies. Bullies are cowards. And that's the truth, mate. A bully puts you down to make you feel lousy so he can feel great. Pirate was not sure if he understood what Buddha just said. This was again one of his complicated phrases. Steltzer put her paw on the armrest next to Pirate. Oh, what are we going to do about you? I wish I was able to laugh. Everybody fell silent. They all looked at each other and every now and then shrugged their shoulders. Finally, Buddha stood up. He raised his tail and said, I guess it is time we teach you laughing, mate. Now... Let's pause. Aw, but I really like this story. What happens next to Pirate the Kookaburra? I like the story too, Lisa. As well as the first story, There is Rice at Home and the Piano. Lingo Kids listeners, do you want to know what happens to the brave little kookaburra? Yay! You can listen to the second part of this story in our next episode. And now, Elliot has some important information to share. All free books are available in stores. You can find them online. Check the information in the show notes. That's right. You can support the authors, too, by purchasing their books. We shared the links to the online stores in the description. Thank you, Sherry, Precious, and Adrian. 
Lingo Kids listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode. 